Heavenly Father, we uh, just thank you for uh, this night. We thank you for the Pursuit Church, just making this space available that we can use it for the sake of ministry and just to spend tonight and tomorrow morning digging into your word and uh, trying to understand more of uh, just how you would want us to be and, and what leadership looks like and how essential it is to uh, not just have leaders in, in positions, but in, in so many spaces all over uh, the church, God. And we just pray that you would raise up more and more people to think this way uh, just within our own church. Uh, God, we also just pray for our nation today. God, we want to thank you and praise you uh, for something good and something that we, we can uh, celebrate, uh, Lord. But let that also be a reminder that the work of making disciples is nowhere close to being done, God. And let that even light a fire under us to to serve you and to, to be uh, just the, the people that you want us to be and for the church to be the institution that you want it to be, God. So we just lift this all up to you and ask your blessing uh, on our time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So part one tonight, uh, we'll call everybody all the time. And I will try to write as big as I can for those of you in the back, but the bigger I write, the sloppier it gets. So we'll, we'll do the best that we can. But I want you to start by just thinking about when you got out of bed this morning. You know, you, you wake up, your eyes open, and just that act of getting out of bed involves your whole body, right? And now for some of you, that might have been slower and more painful than others of you. But for all of you that did in fact get out of bed this morning, your whole body was involved. Your eyes open, your brain starts to be more awake and aware. You, you move your arms, you move your body, you put your feet on the floor. Your core is engaged as you sit up and then you stand up and go about your day. Your whole body is engaged in that. Now imagine if one of the parts of your body decided to take the morning off. Let's just say you wake up tomorrow morning and your arms aren't working. Well, for starters, how are you going to get that alarm clock off, right? Your eyes are open, your body's moving. I'm trying to get to that snooze button, but the arms aren't working, right? Or imagine if your legs weren't working, and you, you wake up, you sit up, you go to stand and nothing happens, right? That, that's not a minor problem. That is a big problem. And, and even the simplest task of getting out of bed takes your whole body. And that's where sometimes you, you wish that it worked like it used to, but if it works at all, right, you, you still can do it. But if parts stop working, uh, you, you can't do the simplest of things. And it takes many parts working together to make the body function. Hmm. Many parts working together to make the body function. Where have we heard that before, right? The Bible, right? That is the image that God gives the, for the church. And so let's start by opening up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's look at starting in verse 11. And let's uh, look at some of the language here. 
It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And, and as it lists all of those in verse 11, I, I would say th- those are all somewhat positions of leadership within the church. Some of them even unique and foundational in, in the times there of the new Testament, uh, but these are positions of leadership, especially you see shepherds, teachers, um, they're at the bottom of the list. What is their job? Well, let's look at verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So I would hope that you expect your pastors, your shepherds to work hard. Uh, that's a biblical expectation. If you're going to a church where you don't feel like your pastors are working hard, it might be time to find a different church. But notice what it says in verse 12 there. Who, though, is supposed to be doing the work of the ministry? What word in there is attached with the work of the ministry in verse 12? Shout it out. The saints, right? That's a word that's really referring to all believers, those that have been sanctified, those that have been made holy in Christ. They are the ones that are to do the work of the ministry. And maybe the pastors, shepherds are something like a quarterback on a football team, but it takes the whole team working together to move the ball down the field. And let's look at it as it describes more of this goal. What is the building of the body of Christ look like? Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the body into Christ. Now notice, especially in verse 16, some of the words that are used here. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So all the things we see there, the goals here, we want to see growth. We want to see unity. We want to see knowledge. Who does it take to make that happen? Everybody. A healthy church will not just include healthy leadership, although that's important. A healthy church will have a healthy body where everybody is contributing. You even think of, uh, you know, a human body, right? And we don't like the parts of our body that just sit there and don't do anything but take, right? We call that fat, right? And generally, we don't want a lot of that on our bodies. Uh, But we think of the whole body, every part is working. we, We want a church that is lean, that is fit, that is ready to do the work of the ministry, And so then we need to think, well, what is that work? Let's now go to Matthew chapter 28 together. And even, I mean, we're still a young church. 
And you think about young kids. And you know how sometimes young kids, they get like that, that cute chubby factor, right? You know, they're young and they're, they're, they're they, you know, the babies, they got those rolls on. It's like, oh, that's, that's cute, right? Well, as they start actually using their body, they grow out of that, right? And that's what we want to see for even us as, as a church. We don't want to be kind of this young church where we're still crawling. We want to be running and jumping. And that takes every part of the body working. And, and so what, what is the goal then? Let's be reminded of this, Matthew 28, 18 through 12 And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So everyone is supposed to be involved. And what's the mission? Well, making disciples. And if you've been at our church, you've probably seen us break down this passage. The main verb, the main imperative is make disciples and the component parts. You know, we talk about reaching, teaching, and training. We want to see people getting saved. It's the idea there of baptizing them. Baptism is something that's associated with salvation. It is a profession of faith from someone who has gotten saved. We want to be teaching people to observe, to obey all that God has commanded. And we want to be training people so we're ready for people to go, to go out and to make disciples in the word or in, or in, in the world, in their workplaces, in uh, missions, in new church plants, right? This is what we want to see. And what I want you to see is for that to happen, everybody has to be involved. For us to see Ephesians 4 happen, it takes everybody when each part is working. We're all speaking the truth together in love. The pastors, the shepherds are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And then we see the goal of the church here. We want to make disciples. And that's going to involve, hey, seeing people one to Christ, seeing people growing in Christ and seeing new leaders emerge. For that to happen, it takes everybody. And so I want you to see everybody should be serving, but also I hope that everybody in the church even has a discipleship mindset. I hope that you here tonight do not think, oh, making disciples, that's something that pastors do, or that's something that my small group leader does. Are you a Christian here tonight? Speak to me now. Are you a Christian? Then you should be a disciple maker. And again, that, that's where that might look different for different people. You might have different levels of opportunity, different levels of responsibility, but every Christian should be thinking to themselves, I am a disciple maker. Every Christian should be seeking, hey, how can I pass along what I've learned? I mean, first and foremost, through evangelism. How can I pass along the gospel to people that need to hear it? But then also through discipleship. You should be asking yourself the question, who looks more like Jesus because of me, right? And not in a proud, arrogant way, like, look at me, I'm so holy. Everyone else is more holy because they're around me. And that's not what I'm talking about. But because you have loved them or you have encouraged them, or as we'll talk about later, you have spurred them on, right? Their, their walk with Christ is stronger, that they're, they're race, they're running the race faster because you have helped them. 
And even sometimes this discipleship, it, it, I wouldn't say it's always exclusively even, you know, uh, discipler and disciplee. I think within the church, part of it is we're discipling each other. There's a peer element to that as well. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We are sharpening each other. We're running together. We're pushing each other on in the race of the Christian life. So everybody needs to be involved. Everybody needs to be thinking about making disciples. And that's what we're here talking about tonight, right? We're here talking about the basics of spiritual leadership. And the goal of this is not, well, hey, there's some official title or position that you get upon graduation. Maybe some of you will go on to uh, take positions of leadership, whether that's leading in youth or leading a life group or uh, teaching a kid's ministry class or whatever, but that, that's not the point. The point is whether you've got a title, whether you've got a responsibility or not, everybody to some extent is called to be some level of a spiritual leader because we are all called to make disciples. And that's something I want to be crystal clear to you guys. And that's the culture that I want our church to have, that everyone is thinking, hey, you know, who who am I sharing the gospel with? Hey, who am I discipling? And some of that should be, hey, who, who's younger in the faith that I can mentor? But also just even as I look around my peers, how am I sharpening them? How are they sharpening me? And then the, the training, they, that might rely more on uh, the, the pastors and the leaders to train up more leaders. But even, are you serving anywhere in the church? You should be thinking, who can I get to join me and who could I train to do what I do, Right? Again, whether you're on the teardown team or the the tech team, you should all be thinking, hey, how how can I train others even to do what I do? So there's some level at which every Christian should be thinking about these things. And so I want to give you three words as we wrap up this this first session, just to think through is that everyone needs to uh, be involved. And the first one is, that means everybody needs to care. Everybody needs to care. And we're going to, I hope by the time you leave and you go get lunch tomorrow, that love is one of the the biggest themes you're walking away with. The importance of loving other people. And part of that, even how we'll define love, partially it's it's a genuine care and concern for the benefit and well-being of other people. That there is no way we'll see Ephesians 4 happen There's no way we'll see a whole team effort for Matthew 28 happen if you don't care about other people. From your heart, have a genuine concern for the well-being of others. And even more that, that you care about the glory of God, right? Everyone has to be emotionally invested in those things. I mean, it comes back to what Jesus taught were the two greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That takes an investment of your emotions in both of those things. I care about God and his glory and I care about other people. And there's just no way around that. Uh, The next word I want to give you is serve. And why don't you quickly flip over to 1 Peter chapter 4.
First Peter chapter four says, verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Hey, every Christian, and this is something we see elsewhere in the New Testament, every Christian has they received a gift. You know, you are gifted by the Holy Spirit. And it says, use it to serve one another. That every one of us should be thinking, hey, what can I do to contribute to my church? Because that is what God is calling me to. And then in verses 11 and 12, you, you get the sense that, hey, whatever your gifting is, give it all you've got. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God, you're going to speak, whether that's leading a life group discussion or teaching a kids ministry class or teaching a class like this, get up there and act like you're actually dealing with the word of God. Go for it. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Give it all you've got. And even just think through our our church, there's always practical things where we need people to help. You heard Pastor Charlie this last Sunday, we need people to help in kids ministry. And there's really no ministry that's like, ah, we're good. Because guess what? Our church is growing. And our goal will be, hey, we would, some point, we want to send people out to plant a new church. That's going to take equipping people to go do that. And that's going to leave holes at the sending church that people are going to have to step up and fill. There are always going to be needs to serve. Then the other word I want to, final word I want to give you is just the idea to invest. And maybe if you think of serve as something that's more kind of formal, I go onto the website, I fill out a form, I sign up, you know, I'm getting a planning center request. Hey, are you available to serve? If you think of serve that way, think of invest as maybe the more informal ways that that looks like. Just you investing in other people. And we'll talk more about what this looks like. We'll build out hopefully a lot of this over the course of tonight and tomorrow morning. Uh, But one way I would just think you encourage you to think about investing is just think through all of those statements in the New Testament that include this phrase, one another. Think of this. We'll talk more about this tomorrow morning. Romans 15, 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. God's calling you to instruct one another. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And and I'm convinced that's not, the context of that verse is, if someone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, The the context of that is, is spiritual burdens, I think. This is saying, hey, you need to bear other people's spiritual burdens. If all you care about is yourself, that's not gonna happen. To really bear the spiritual burden of another person takes an investment, an emotional investment, an investment of your time, your concern, your care. Invest. Or Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Another way we need to invest. And so we want to spend really the next couple hours tonight, a few hours tomorrow morning, building this out. How do we get to this? How do we make this a reality? What does this look like? And even a lot of the practicalities of investing, uh, that'll be mostly tomorrow morning as we really get into the interpersonal relationships. But tonight we're going to do more to lay the foundation. Uh, There's some things that need to be in place even before we really think about investing in other people. I know we've got, we've got a decent crowd here tonight, but I'd love to get at least some level of interaction. Uh, so I'll kick it off with a question. And if we don't have time for you to ask me questions in sessions, which we'll, we'll try to do at points, uh, you know, feel free in, in breaks or things like that. But my question to you is if the picture, if the picture is, hey, this lean body, this healthy body where every part is doing the work, that, that Ephesians 4 picture what are some of the things that keeps that from happening in a local church? What do you, what do you guys think? What are some of the issues? Why, why, why isn't that always naturally, naturally the reality in a church? What do you guys think? What are some things that keep churches from being healthy in a way where everybody thinks, yeah, I'm a disciple maker. I'm important as a part of the body here. What are some things? Some people are afraid. That is a great point. And hopefully this class maybe will make some of you a little less timid in some of these things. What else? Right. Right. That's great. So he was saying it's sometimes it's a, a lack of understanding of scripture or even that you're saying that people feel inadequate. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this class because Sometimes why a church isn't healthy like this falls on the leadership of the church because they're not doing the work to equip the saints of the work of ministry. But I think uh, lots of times there can be, and I think you guys have hit on some things. Sometimes I think people are afraid. They feel inadequate. uh, And some of that maybe comes from a lack of training. Some of that might come from a lack of faith. I mean, read through the scriptures. You'll see a lot of people called to do things for the Lord and they feel inadequate. And the moral of the story is, Trust God, he will help you. Yeah, we're right there. Right? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's probably the biggest one that I think I haven't heard mentioned yet is sometimes it's really just selfishness, right? We don't care. It is lots of times some of the big problem. And we live in a culture where people just don't care often about anything outside of themselves. Yeah. Right. Kind of, uh, so you're talking about cultural mindset. I mean, if if I'm, I'm hearing you as kind of just like this culture of kind of a consumer mindset, right? Yep. Or individualism. Yep. I think those are factors. Consumerism, individualism. Coach? Right? Right. And that's where we need, we need each other. And I feel like when we have that right support, 
it gives us that encouragement, right? And that's where I think even sometimes, that's why we need each other because sometimes you feel, oh, I don't know if I should do this, but you've got some people saying, hey, you know what? I don't think that's the best fit for you. And that's helpful because it keeps you from doing something, right? But then it's also helpful, hey, you've got people around you, hey, you can do this, try, trust God. And, and you've got people, that's another reason why we need each other because sometimes we keep each other, hey, whoa, that, that's, that's going to be frustrating for you. Let, let's find a different spot. But then it's, hey, this spot, yeah, I know you still feel a little unequipped, but trust God, go for it. And hey, we're here with you. We're, we're serving alongside you. We're encouraging you. That, that's a great, great answer. Yeah, Sean. Yep. Right. Right. No, that's a great point too. Whereas a, a lot of just, hey, in the head and not enough, hey, let's, let's go do this and let's show what this looks like. Last one right here. Right? Absolutely. A temporal focus, that's going to cause us just to care about ourselves, our lives. Well, you know, what are we doing? Uh, you know, what are we doing after church this Sunday instead of, man, who am I going to meet this Sunday? Like, who can I minister to this Sunday? Right? All right. Um, we'll go, we'll take like a one minute break.